You with Mansfield 103.2, the home of great music. I'm Tony Delahunty, and this is our weekly talk show where our panel of locals discuss a range of topics right from the heart of the community. This is 103.2 Sexism in Sport. Alongside me, looking very sexy as always, are regular Sid Pepper and Peter Jones. Whilst completing the lineup from very, very sports-based PR agency in Nottingham, I'm delighted to welcome Mel Berry. Should the walk-on girls have been taken away from darts and the likes of Formula One motor racing, a hundred years on from women winning the right to vote, is sexism still rife in business or is it getting even worse and is sport one of the most sexist industries? Let's find out what our panel thinks as 103 points to sexism in sport. By you, the listeners, really, was all the conversations that have been going on about exploitation of women and the, and the female form and the fact that you know, 99% of women look better than us. So uh, we, we thought we'd take that up. And we've got somebody who's very, uh, very interesting to us because Mel Berry from the company Berry Berry in Nottingham, she looks after the empowerment of, of women in sport and then using that empowerment to make them successful in, in the real world outside of their perhaps uh, sporting activity and competition. Um, in the studio is normal. Uh, Peter Jones, who uh, confesses that apart from being a top cop, he was once quite a reasonable sort of sporting person, weren't you? Yeah. I was interested in playing sport. Yes, I was never very, very competitive, but uh, I did enjoy sport. And you've watched a lot of sport, yes? Oh, yes, yeah, awful lot. Yeah. Do you enjoy seeing Formula One with all the pretty girls with the placards in front of the drivers, that sort of thing? I've never been interested in that. Uh, I like uh, contact sports, rugby and things like that, but and, uh, and boxing, but I've never been into... Uh, all right, let me take you on boxing then, then the, the, the boxing ring where they, uh, they they bring on the boxers and the, the razzmatazz and the, 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 the flags flying and the noise and then there's usually a couple of beautiful girls and in between the rounds there's a beautiful girl usually in hot pants that's holding up a placard does, does that offend you in any way? No, it doesn't offend me But What I, about your missus? Uh, yeah, she's not very keen on it I have to say and I can understand why OK, well let's go over to, to Sid um, What's your view? Formula One was motorsport was your view, and you, you were a rally driver well, on stage, that I, sort of thing. I don't. It's, it's a glamour industry that uh, the TV or media tries to push. So that's where all this is driven from: is to make it more sexy, more whatever. I've never seen what they bring to the to the equation. Having the uh, certainly on motorcycles, for instance, every bike you've got somebody holding the, dri- the rider's name up. I don't get it visually. I suppose it's attractive, but on the other side of it because all this came from the President's Club, my concern is that basically we're allowing minority views to get mainstream and things are changing very quickly, particularly over this issue, when really it was a really minority issue. Now, I'm obviously going to be very interested to hear what Mel said because she's coming from a different point of view which I'm glad we've got but you know when I was a male stripper I'll tell you what there was back in the 70s well, nobody ever there, was, there was more I'll tell you what women can be worse as a mass group than men did I say male I meant paint stripper oh, sorry uh, I meant paint stripper sorry slip of the tongue I think you might have been a male stripper that was painted but never mind well uh, Mel we haven't really got an issue from you you yet you, 
you deal with with athletes and then or, or sporting people. I know you, you you dealt with Rebecca Adlington, didn't you, and got and got her involved more in the community and that sort of thing. Yeah. What's your view on first of all the the the, 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 the lady who is climbing into the boxing ring and waving her flag and and potentially her backside as she she weaves across the room and whatever. What's your view on that? Um, my view is it's not acceptable in today's era, and it's really good to hear Sid and Peter saying that um, they're not interested to a certain extent. So why are we even having this conversation? Why are we not bringing in the pretty boys to be able to give us women, you know, something to look at instead? Oh, so you're quite happy having pretty boys, aren't you? Because there's one politician who's already, uh, I think it was a politician who's already said, um, and this is a bit like that, that knock at the President's Club, which uh, which said so correctly brought in there, uh, that um, uh, if you go down to the airport for, and see some of these sort of hen nights heading away and whatever, uh, there's far worse than going on than it's the President's Club and it's demeaning women are demeaning themselves sometimes. Yeah, um, look, I'm going to pick up again on, on some of the points made um, earlier in the sense that a, it's a glamour industry, and that's what's kind of driving it, and then it enables people to then be able. And, and it's minority. You know, the world we have now means that people have a voice where ordinarily they didn't in the past before. Well, what about the? the I mean, your your business is is a promotion of sport. I'm going to go more into the, the, how you do that in, uh, very shortly. But what about the likes of model agencies and uh, uh, and young women who are. Uh, earning a good living out of doing what they do they may well be models as well a lot of the Formula One ones and the motorcycle ones I think that, that Sid referred to I did some research into that and found out they were regular competitors in Miss UK Miss World <laughs> Miss Mansfield or, or whatever they, they have used one of their advantages that uh, whoever's upstairs has given them and they're using it to advantage is there anything wrong with that? I think if again you put it into into the context, then it, it, it's okay. And, and I looked at some of the, the info that was on Twitter around kind of Charlotte um, uh, World, and she said that you know she was still up for hire. I think it's about context. We, we've blown this completely out of proportion. All of these things exist and, and they have a place, but do we need to continue to talk about it? No. Let's talk about the positive things. And back to your point, you know, with Rebecca Addington, an amazing Mansfield advocate. You know, she's something that we should talk about and and talk about in a positive way rather than continuously talking about uh, the whole model escapade within darts. Now let's talk about well darts. It's not just darts. It's other sports though that uh, frequently use women. I remember feeling as a, a journalist a little aggrieved in, in a time when I was fortunate to be working with television sport that more and more females were coming in, and the reason giving that some of them were very good, some of them weren't, just the same as men. Yep. But the, the rationale given by television was let's get some glamour on the screens as much as possible, then more people are going to watch it, more men are going to watch it. Not because of the rugby league or the rugby union or the football or the wrestling, because that's good, that's luxurious when you look at that. Yeah, you know, I just it's hilarious. I mean, I don't know, what did those figures view, uh, those showing figures, did they did actually see a kind of an increase? I probably doubt it. I mean, it's probably somebody thinking, let's, what do we want to do now? Okay, well, if we put a scantily clad woman walking across with, um, you know, 20 seconds to go, that's going to raise the viewing figures. I doubt that that actually did happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But the point seen, all, all for empowering females. Now, Tony said it, if they're blessed with, uh, they're not particularly athletic, not particularly clever, although they can be and beautiful. But those that don't have the other two, but have beauty, 
we can't take away from them the right of an income mm. okay now how far they got with it is still an individual choice i'm not actually actually asking for anything other than the visual contact being used at that time for a reason i don't necessarily agree with that reason but here you have a young lady that's able to get an income from something and there's nothing wrong with that is there? yeah and it's back to that it's just about context i mean if that person is there and, and that's their given choice and i know that there are many people that choose to do that and use that as, as a positive then that's fantastic because then that's showing the positive person about them but let's not continue to talk about you know the fact of you know why are we using them because everyone has a choice and that's their choice to be able to do so in some of the sports you're involved with do you see women used in this in this methodology of making it look more glamorous and how do you feel when it's happening um, in my sport I mean I'm born and bred kind of swimmer hence you know knowing people like Charlotte Henshaw and Rebecca Addington and you know we're borderline naked so you couldn't get any more to the bone literally you know than that sport um, but it was all about positivity and I've worked very you know closely in Nottinghamshire around this girl can and women are proud because they've got lumps and they've got bumps and they, they don't really care you know whether or not and using the term wiggle it jiggle it or just generally kind of shake it on because you know what they've got a great big smile on their face and that's the important thing that smile on the face though I wonder if the, the smile will be on the face of those involved in for instance Formula 1 or, or motorcycle racing or darts there's a lot of women apparently in the uh, in the area of these models and that sort of thing or these girls that are doing this who are, uh, are signing up to petitions already I think particularly in the world of darts and saying you're taking away our income stop interfering how do you feel about that? The, that petition has got over 30,000 people which you know is uh, is bizarre and uh, it's be interesting to see the percentage of kind of male to female but you know, it's back to yeah there probably are women that have um, you know signed up to that because that is their lifeline and, and actually that's their kind of their, their working kind of world so let's not take that away from him everybody has choices if they want to do it they can do it and they have an opportunity to do so but let's continue to talk about the positive things rather than this same boring subject which is again you know kind of oh we need to do this this and this let's think of what we've got rather than what we haven't got now if you've got in your agency and you have many you've mentioned one already uh, Rebecca Adlington and you see an opportunity for Rebecca to, to gain yeah, because presumably you look for gain as well as to help the community. Uh, and you think, oh, well, she could be a, a, a fashion model. She could show off her, the next coat or something like that. Would you do that for her? Um, I mean, first, I mean, I'm, I don't represent Rebecca. You know, Re Rebecca's represented by an amazing guy called Rob Woodhouse. But, you know, having kind of worked with her on a, on a few campaigns, um, it's about staying true to that person. Um, that's not something that is true to Rebecca in the sense that, you know, she would go down that route you know I would say um, no because then that's taking away the essence of the person and that's going back to the point that we've talked about for the last you know 10 minutes and everyone has a choice but I would say that wouldn't be her choice to go, go down that road well let's talk about not just uh, perhaps women do you deal do, do with men and women yeah you know I, I've worked in sport um, for the last 20 years and you know my first um, real job so to speak was working at Speedo International as um, the international sports marketing manager and one of my sports you know it's beach volleyball and beach volleyball was well and truly kind of driven by the whole um, um, sex you know side and I remember back in the you know the early 2000s where there was an agreement that then it was bikini bottoms being a certain size and guess what that size wasn't actually that big and the men's short actually was again a short short to you know sell the sport 
do you, do you yeah, get that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How can you how can you rail against that? That's a fact. A lot of people watch beach volleyball for that reason, and that's an entirely wrong reason. It's a, it's a bona fide sport. Yes, there's no question about that. So who is it that's deciding that you know the girls get skimpier and the guys get skimpier because they're trying to sell a spectacle rather than a sport? And until that's put right, I don't see where uh, where we're going. I really don't. If you're going to sexualise it, people are choosing to do that. It's the same with glamour modelling. You're not going to have to model clothes, for instance. I don't actually enjoy watching that, but I accept that that's a big business. It's a big business, and you're not going to stop it, are you? Because it's wrong. It is. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but we're going to take the break and find out a little bit more. Is feminism and, and these people, maybe some of them are men, some of them are women, some of the people who argue about the President's Club, that, that sort of thing, is it all going too far? Especially when you get situations where hospitals return the money that's been raised in charity. I mean, it's an astonishing world. We're extending the debate. It's going further right after these. You're listening to Mansfield 103.2 points uh, for you and uh, for girls, for, for women, for men, for visual, for, for what you see. Uh, we've been talking about uh, women scantily clothed or even rather nicely clothed, as is the case in some of the motorsports. They are actually rather nicely clothed, but they are still glamour women, if you like, that are stuck out on the grid. In the studio, we've got with us uh, Mel Berry, who's from the Berry Berry Company, which uh, looks after sports people as far as what they can do in the community afterwards, etc. Um, Peter Jones, you've got a point. Yeah, it's just the, the definition of feminism. You've got to remember, it's the advocacy of women's right on the grounds of equality of the sexes, and and I think that's what uh, that, that's what what Mel is trying to say is that women should be treated exactly the same as men. Uh, and the, in most sports nowadays, that that happens. I think the only sport that's a little different is uh, is tennis, where you know the men play five sets and the women play three sets, and the women want. Uh, equal pay for doing that it's that seems a little bit bizarre when you think that uh, a woman's rugby team will play 80 minutes the same as the men a woman's football team will play 90 minutes the same as the men the cricket's a bit different they do four days instead of five days but i'm sure they'll get to five days at some stage Uh, but women want equality in tennis for playing two sets less you're a mine of information on all those sports. I didn't, I didn't know you had all that, but never mind. Let's go. You've got an answer for that. Should the women in in tennis uh, be paid more? Or should they be paid equally with the men? I think they should be played um, equally, as most sports are. And I mean, I don't know enough factually. Are women prepared to pay five sets? But I can't imagine that nobody has said that they're not going to. So bring it up. You know, let's have five sets for both men and women. I personally prefer the women's game much more the, than the men because it's not that general kind of grunting and kind of baseline slugging. It's uh, a lot a more few, interesting. There's a few grunters from the female world, isn't there not? Uh, there is, and um, you know, I think it was almost a by product of uh, I don't know the Russian era that everything with an over also had a grunt at the same time it was obviously something to uh, you know add to their tennis portfolio I know there's an awful lot of men that uh, I used to do some commentary work for, for, for television and in the booth, booth next to me all uh, lining up to cover some women's tennis with the commentators and they were far more excited about covering the afternoon of women's tennis than they were of, co- of a couple of quarterfinals of the men so I don't know where that leads uh, leads us to actually thinking but uh, can we come on to the, the general thing of feminism and it does seem at the moment to be very much a topic now 
the President's Club that you referred to, to Sid, that was well, an all-male do. Let's so that every listener does realise what it's about. What, what, what was the night actually about? Very wealthy people, men, uh, attending a very nice hotel in London uh, to raise money, mainly through auction, showing off. Uh, but in bed, if you're very, very wealthy, you can outbid somebody. It didn't matter. The value's got nothing to do with it. It's raising money. So here you have some of them there are going to be behaving unreasonably and stupidly. The majority of males would not have been. You have, what was it, 150 hostesses who were employed, who had to have uh, an interview, were told what they got to wear, and they could either take on the job or not take on the job. There was also rumours that there was afterwards, afterwards, but that's different. That's a different organisation altogether. It's... It's prostitution almost. And the women, I think, that, that, that did work there were either brought in by agencies. Some of them had worked there before. I was quite surprised reading about it. Quite Two and three years. Yeah. So they had seen what, what, what it was. But they, they, they had to sign a, 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 to get their £150 plus £20 train fare or whatever it was, expenses for, from getting there, which is a fair rate for, for the evening, £150. Uh, they, they had to sign something, so a, a sort of a due diligence clause that they wouldn't reveal anything that happened. And then, well, There's a bit of a clue there, isn't there? But the, the point being is it's a minority issue that's being stamped across the, the board, particularly darts was the first one to go. And I mean, I never understood why they were at the darts anyway. It's got nothing to do with the sport. They're trying to glamorise stuff. Now, what we're hearing here, is it right to glamorise women? Well, we do exactly the same with male. We glamorise that. Is it wrong? Is it, is it wrong to take away somebody's right to earn money in the way that they feel most natural with? And that's my worry that you have to be very careful that some people are in that business to earn a living. It doesn't mean to say they're going to become immoral or prostitutes or anything that you want to refer to. It's just an evening. And the returning of the money from Great Ormond Street, I just don't get that at yeah, all. Yeah, let's just go through that. Great Ormond Street has gained, not just this year, years. for years, a large Much amount of money. money. Sorry. And Great Ormond Street sort of, we're washing our hands of this all together. Do you have a view on it, Peter? Yeah, I think it's ridiculous uh, that they've, they've sent the money back. It was donated to a good cause. Uh, and I can understand that, that they ought to be able to say we don't agree with, with this exploitation, but to actually return the money when it's been given in good faith seems a little bit perverse. A parental view of some... Yeah, a parent involved with a child at Great Ormond Street or in the hope that more could be raised for research or otherwise, etc. Could take a very, very distinct view on that. But having said that, the, the, the fact of the matter is the behavioural situation was was seen. Somebody decided to be a whistleblower. I think it was from the Financial Times. Well, no, well, it was, it was, a, it was not a, a whistleblower. Setup. No, 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 it was a setup. I mean, that was entirely wrong to do that. They, that those ladies were put in there by the Financial Times to uncover a story, to create a story. Now, if there'd been major issues at the President's Club, it's been going for a long, long time, it would have come out before. Yes, there was misbehaving by some individuals, mainly drink-driven, but it's a social evening where a lot of money is raised by wealthy people. What is the police situation on it? I think currently, from all I've heard, I think the, the, the Chief Constable of the area said that there had been, up to now, no prosecutions and no direct complaints to the police. Is that is that more or less your reading of it, Peter? That's as I understand it. There's been no complaints, uh, either this time or pre previous occasions. Should all male... We've all... We have been... You, 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 forgive, forgive us, Mel. You, you, I don't know. Have you ever been invited to an all-male dinner? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of times that I am in a dinner... Where where it is predominantly kind of males um, and as chair of you know, active knots you know I find that 
um, that is the case. And I enjoy it. You know, I thrive in that environment because I like to, you know, put people in their box and ordinarily, you know, men have a good old kind of rant and then ordinarily, you know, come back and they go, okay, respect on, on that side. So, yeah. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah, but the the the, the very all male dinner requires. I, I, I'm fortunate. I, I get to MC both mixed events and and, and solid events, and I have it in fact MC'd at an all women's event, uh, which was hilarious, by the way. I have to say, <laughs> but uh, not no stories on that one. Uh, when you're there, there's a you may have a comedian, you may have a speaker. I always remember one very uh, experienced speaker, Tommy Doherty, once uh, Man United, Chelsea manager, of course, who. For, uh, when he arrived at a place in Nottingham, the old Commodore Club, uh, asked us, he said, uh, what's the audience? He said, I've seen some women coming in. And uh, uh, they said, I'm afraid it is. It's a mixed audience tonight. And he said, OK, I know. And he delivered 45 minutes of absolute brilliance, you know, without one single swear word. There was another speaker there, a boxer, an ex-boxer, who couldn't handle it at all he didn't go down badly but he was ner- a nervous wreck because of seeing both men and, uh, and women together so there is there's certainly these all male situations i suppose all women situations can have a different category of speakers and how you need to address them peter yes i've been to one or two uh, functions where, where we've had speakers uh, and some very good speakers uh, who who are very professional people haven't just not gone down well uh, with some of the women because uh, the, you know they were using swear words and things that, that, that weren't particularly offensive but it wasn't it wasn't right for that particular audience uh, and I suppose an after dinner speaker ought to be able to read the audience and actually deal with it I mean that's that's what they get paid for that's that, that's their professionalism I would have thought yeah the modern woman nowadays the modern woman today's woman today's woman screaming for equality equal pay this that and the other can she swear as good as any man yeah correct totally I mean god there's times you know you know when I can give you know two barrels on that side especially you know fueled a little bit but you know picking up on Peter's point it's just about respect and any intelligent um, you know speaker in a situation should know their audience and if you know their audience well then you can deliver an amazing kind of context you know I've got males um, that are mentors to me and have, have helped me immensely over the, my period because they respect me as a person and not because of my gender yeah do you think the genders are going out of it a little bit or being brought too much into it or whatever answer that question but not now after these Talk about Mansfield 103.2 talks to you, or points to you, should I say. And with us is Ismail Berry from uh, Berry Berry, our special guest in the studio. Uh, as always, Peter Jones is here, as as also is Sydney Pepper and uh, our producer Craig Priest of this programme is pointing out very much uh, to us that we want to find out more about what, what Mel Berry's focus is in what she does. Uh, because it's not just women you deal with. Are women and men becoming closer to being all human beings now that's what i'm trying to say really are they the same human being yes because we're all humans is there a gender equality in sport yes still um and you know that's one of the things that, that i champion i mean for it's hard fact you know having worked on this girl camp for the last three years you know the campaign brought to life being proud of who you are rather than being the size you know six eight model and so many men have embraced that as well and i got a comment on twitter yesterday from some friends that i cycle with and say how good it was to see so many women that are out on their bikes so it's making a change but we need to continue to doing the things that we do and that's supported by you know both you know sid and peter in here that are advocates as well now women 
Are, are they doing more sport nowadays? They aren't. Um, we're seeing a slight um, shift in the right direction, which is a positive thing. But there is a massive fallout, predominantly from 16 onwards, where, you know, I guess women, um, well, girls then become women and there are greater influences on them. And it's a hard fact and an unfortunate fact. And that's why, you know, I, along with many others, champion that. Peter. I have to say, I was involved in the Olympics in 2012. Uh, I was involved in uh, in the security aspect of it. And, and it was good to note that 44%, I think, of all athletes uh, in the Olympics in London were female. Uh, and if you look at the history of the Olympics, the number of sports that uh, that women now compete in has really, really uh, incredibly increased. But it, but it was a fact that 44% of the, of the competitors in the Olympics in 2012 were females. Women play rugby league, they, they, they play cricket for years, they play rugby union, they wrestle, yeah. They, they, are, are, what are the sports that, that, that you, are there any sports that you th- I think are, are totally exclusive to men? No, there's none that I know of. Um, you know, I'm picking up on, on Peter's point. You know, again, I worked at the Olympics and I was working there with one of the, you know, tier one uh, Olympic sponsors and it was great. But we have had to fight with the IOC to then be able to make sure that that kind of gender uh, is is fought because there's kind of more. Um, I, I played rugby. I mean, when I lived in, in Dubai, I played rugby sevens. And then when I moved to Nottingham, I played uh, Nottingham casuals and I loved it. And, you know, my business partner still carries on with kind of touch rugby. So we're still doing what we're doing. You can't get rid of us, you know. Mel Bay, did you ever play rugby? Did you ever play rugby in a men's team? No, because the RFU don't enable, um, you know, boys and girls. I think from the age of about 12 or 13, you you probably know better than I, Peter, that because it's not... um, acceptable in the sense that the, the physical makeup of a boy and a girl at that given time wouldn't wouldn't actually see a good and fair game this is not the issue is it i mean we're not trying to hold back females in anything in sport in business in, in common in anything at all what we're talking about is that the glamorization which was br- driven from a different thing you've got to go back to the 60s really for this that's got to be swept aside but i still think there is a place for attractive women adding to the event back on, back on the formula one well i think so because basically we've got to be very careful here there's nobody in this room and i don't believe i don't know anybody that doesn't welcome uh, females in all the sporting realms that they're now in i think it's marvelous that they're playing rugby cricket and everything else i don't have a, an issue with that what i have an issue is that we get a minority movement has already caused massive change too quickly and because it's being fought from the wrong side, as as if we're putting women in a box. No, don't put women in a box. They can go anywhere they want, do anything they want, but be allowed to. And if it happens to be glamour, there's nothing wrong with that as an industry. So let's go back to Mel on that very point now. Is the reaction over the President's Club, is the reaction over uh, women generally and, and, and using the physique of women and the looks of women, is it all too much at the moment? Yeah, I just think it's, again, it's minority. You know, it's one small point that's been completely blown out of context. And as we've talked about, you know, for the you know first half of this, is people have choices. And if there are women that want to choose to then be able to do that because of their look or their attitude to life, then they have a right to be able to do that. Let's not let actually say, let's go reverse kind of gender on that side 
you know, it's boring. I kind of, you know, think, why are we continuing to talk about that? This week will have seen 100 years since, you know, women in the suffragettes fought to have a vote. You know, we've, we've, we've moved on, you know, park it and move on and let's talk about something positive and more exciting. Should we celebrate the 100 years of the suffragettes or should we say, I wish that had never happened? Which should it <laughs> I don't be? know, you guys need to tell me, you know, you know, we've, we've come in here and, uh, you know, we've, we've got that vote and, you know, we have a female, we have a female prime minister, we have, uh, you know, the BBC... Um, um, is obviously from a, from a head of sport, Barbara Mansfield. Slater. Talk about Mansfield. Yeah, you know we've got Carolyn in, uh, in in Mansfield. You know I'm the chair of Active Knots, my director that sits under the organisation and drives it. She's a woman. You know, girl power, bring it on. You know we're taking over the role. You on, need to hang be wearing. Hang on, hang on. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it used to be said that often uh, successful men, uh, wives would say they lead from behind. You're suggesting now you lead from the front. No, I think we've got a Mansfield mayor that's a woman. You might refer to Carolyn Radford because she is the chief executive of Mansfield Town Football Club. Yeah, look, for me, the importance is 100% gender, Paul. That um, if you have an equal opportunity for everybody to kind of shine, um, then that's important. What would you know we say if there suddenly became a bloke that wanted to be that person that came up? Because let's face it, those male darts players, you know, they're, they're not the best looking, are they? So you know, you'd think that they'd almost want to get rid of the women because they want us, you know, not be made to look so bad Pete in the police force quite a few women now right at the top level aren't they right at the top yeah yes you have uh, chief constables that, that are women and quite rightly so but the, it, it's you say quite rightly in your own heart did you resist that those no thoughts? not at all no no Wait, did I, you have did you have female bosses i did yes yes and i actually it's got something on with, what you uh, might have seen years ago as the the role of the man the policeman well when i joined the, there was a policewoman's department so there were two distinct uh, areas the, the police women were responsible for sex offenses and and for children uh, and uh, they they had their own structure uh, but of course that changed around about the uh, the mid 70s and they became equal and so you've now got uh, chief constables who are f- who are female i've worked with uh, all sorts of officers some i rated some i didn't some were female some were male uh, it, it, it didn't matter on their gender it just mattered on their competency and in fairness for years the police have been saying also that it didn't matter what gender you were even if you weren't of any specific gender is that right I understand that's the way things are now, yes. It wasn't in your time, though. No, no. That's a a different story. story. Totally different story. The future, then. The future as far as... uh, You're into empowerment. What exactly does that mean? Giving, in my instance, women the opportunity to be able to have a skill, whether or not that be an emotional skill through kind of mentoring. So I've done a lot of work in Nottinghamshire around, you know, mentoring women, both from a business point of view at Nottingham kind of university and through this girl can. And then if giving them the opportunity to look at, right, what do I need to do? Do I need to get a qualification? Yes or no. What do I want to do? And how does that then have the impact that they want on the people that they want to do so? They've got to want to do it, though, haven't they? And this is a story we come out with again and again. To achieve anything, people have got to want to do it. Do you do you find that's easy to create the want, or have they mostly got it in the first place? Um, 
it's a mixture and I think you find out pretty quickly and if I think about over the three years that you know we've championed this skill can as an initiative uh, the first event we had 120 people that you know got very excited to you know have dinner and uh, put, pat themselves on the back but getting them to do something was a kind of a minimal uptake and I don't think that is specific to in that instance women I think that's specific to a lot of people is people like to talk but that's the easy thing actually every action has a reaction and I find sometimes it's unfortunately not the you know the strongest at times now do, do some people let's stay with sport if we may at the moment yep. it doesn't matter whether it's men or women because we're rolling the program quite openly now do, do, do some people think that they they are older living once their sport finishes or that that's in their back of the mind because there are, are, are terrible instances i know in one sport in, in fact cricket where people have taken their own lives when they've come out of whatever the glamour was or something like that and they, they can't face life afterwards it's Similar hard in football too yeah all sports and you know for the last three or four years i've either worked with or been exposed to dame kelly homes trust and um and dame kelly is, is a friend of mine and and very well documented and today you know there was a, there was a piece around you know depression in athletes both kind of male and, and female and it's hard because ultimately those people have their identities taken away um, and from being the queen or king of their country, they're suddenly no one and nobody knows about them. So it's important to be able to, you know, give them the opportunity post-career. Men and women, is that being addressed enough in the sports, in the various sports? It is. Dame Kelly Homes Trust does that. And there are a lot of athletes, male and female, that then get used to make a difference in their communities. Um, and lots of national governing bodies do an OK job. Um, but then, you know, whose responsibility is that to then be able to, to do so? You know, there's not enough funding in sport, unfortunately, to take people from you know the start of their career all the way through to you know putting them into somewhere else, kind of post it. Unfortunately, we're going to wrap this uh, program up very shortly. We've got one more segment of it uh, still to go, and um, we'll return just briefly in this next part to what should happen in the future regarding the world of beautiful women, darts, things like the Presidents Club, and uh, and what may or may not have happened there. You weren't there, were you, Sid? Not, not this particular one, no. No, yeah, but you have been to you have been to that type of event, have you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe you could tell us more. After these. started off by pointing at uh, the, the, the feminine world or feminism world or, or, of whatever, of things like uh, uh, Formula One racing, where they used the pretty girls with pit boards and motorcycle racing the same, darts the same, and, and many other sports as well. The Americans, of course, use cheerleaders, don't they? Cheer- uh, and, and women fight to be cheerleaders. There's even been histories of murder and whatnot by parents who are trying to get rid of one girl so their daughter can be cheerleaders. I thought that was a fictional film, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, I believe everything I see in the films. What, what, what's the view on, on that? You, you, you've, you've done sport all over the world. Yeah, back to choices. And, and you know, I've not spent huge amounts of time in, in the US, but worked in some of their collegiate systems. And you're right, you know, women and some men want to then be part of that cheerleading team because they see it as a sport. And, and it is to a certain extent. I definitely couldn't stand on someone's shoulder. I probably couldn't even twiddle those pom-poms. If people want to do it, great, go for it. Because uh, there are lots of other alternatives on the other side of the fence. I noticed uh, I was once at a golf tournament and I was reading a biog of several of the golf players. And uh, they were international players in the top 20, 30 in the world. And several of them were married cheerleaders. So they, it, might, it might have been a way through to extreme, extreme wealth. Do men, when they're involved in, in sport or business, or women, 
when they're at the top, I'm sorry, men or women at the top, do they tend to employ more of the same? Have you come across that at all? No, I've got a very good friend of mine who's chief exec at DFS and, um, you know, his mantra is again around 100% gender pool and he he will probably say he's most biased towards the female population because before that he worked at Boots. He knows his customer. So he's a very intelligent business owner that understands his customer and those two brands are women. So if he has women around him, that is really positive. But the people that are appointed are appointed because they're the right person and not because of their sex. Do you think any differently if you're going into a business negotiation or a studio like this, where unfortunately one of our guests wasn't able to to attend here, and it would have been uh, you would have been two against, well, not against, but two to, to, to three men on the program. It's en- ended up with you, one solace done very well, probably knocked oh, us all well. three all three of us out. But do you <laughs> feel any any different when it comes to a situation li- like that? No, you're- because you're just people. I don't come into the room and go, "There's four men and one woman." I come in into the, pe- into the room and say there's five people and you know you've listened to you know Sid and Peter's points I mean they've been you know fantastic in their support for uh, for women because I guess you're they both love like, women they both love women <laughs> yeah you know but don't we all you know I love an amazing attractive woman as much as I love an amazing attractive man and and, and again the ability to then be able to, to shine whether or not that's physically or um, emotionally is amazing that's you you're a business leader you're, yes. you're, you're top of the pile what about <laughs> What about Miss or Mrs. Ordinary? I work with a lot of those and you know I've just started working with a, an amazing woman called Fiona Ward who has gone through her own um, journey and now wants to be able to give back into her community she's from um, I think it's kind of Eastwood and around there um, and she will be a very different person in, in two years and will have made a real kind of impact and there's a lot of you know guys that I work with in kind of female sport my rugby coach was was a male and, it, and he was great all of my swimming coaches were male um, and I loved them because they were people that enabled me to succeed, not because of who they were. What's your view on the England women's manager of football now? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting appointment in in, in Phil Neville, and I know that women's structure um, well. I've got one good friend that, you know, is is one of the performance kind of directors. I would hope that Sue Campbell and the rest of the people that appointed him appointed him for the right reason and not for any other reason than that. He's a well-qualified coach, it has to be said. He is, and... um, um, you know, he has got an amazing, you know, team. Let's face it, you know, the Lionesses have done a, a much better job than the poor performing, you know, England men's team. Um, nobody talks about, you know, them and, um, you know, the women's rugby. You know, they succeeded. But it is a fair point. You can't, I'm sure the ladies football team didn't necessarily want a ladies coach, did they? They want the best. Yeah. And if that is perceived to be Phil Neville, then that's what they've got. So, this is an interesting one because there's now talk about should he be in that role should it be a female has he said things in the past uh, which perhaps he shouldn't have done but he's still got the job because it's about being good at that job and he'll have to overcome it won't he but you can't you can't have it both ways you can't have all women and all male we have to mix don't we and it's the skill base that we bring on it's the expertise it's the intelligence but all I'm saying under all of this there's some ladies out there who have been brought up to be glamour. And it's a short-lived career, and they're entitled to do it. It's what they do with it that matters. Yeah, and some of them are absolute millions, don't they? I've been looking at what Kate Moss's income was and people like that. And their daughters, you know, daughters 16, 17, are suddenly into the millions as well. What's wrong with glamour? 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with glamour. You Didn't know, do Tom to Cruise any harm either, has it? No, not at all. You know, again, it's you know, it's picking up what Sid said is, you know, it's about what do people choose. You know, those people that you've just quoted chose to go down a kind of modelling route. I'm sure there are many people that are those glamour models in darts and Formula One that have made a really good income. They've chosen to then be able to do. Yeah, so. because somewhere in the stand is a guy maybe taking a photograph of a of a pit girl in in Formula One or in darts or. A, and think that would be absolutely ideal for my film, for my model show or whatever. I'm looking in the, the best intentions now. And suddenly a career has been launched way beyond that. Yeah, and for me, as, as a woman that work, has worked in business and my business is sport for the last you know 20 years, I believe in the right person for the right job. I, I never go into either recruiting somebody or working with somebody just because of who they are, um, because they are then the best. Is Phil Neville the best person for the job? I hope so. You know, he will then soon, you know, hopefully kind of deliver on that. And, you know, the England women will win the World Cup again. Low baller coming in now. Low baller coming in. You're a sporty person. So here's the low baller. I've come to you and I've said, right, I want to put on uh, a really special occasion. My name is Sidney Pepper. Uh, I'm going to sponsor it because he's very, very rich. I want to sponsor it. But I do want lots of pretty girls around the place. I want placards up saying this is Pepper's sporting extravaganza, etc. Can you organize that for me? Would you do it? No, because I think it's morally wrong um, in, in that instance to then be able to... Um, do something that I personally don't believe in. You know, I believe in doing what's kind of right. And for me, that wouldn't. And as a marketeer that's worked in sponsorship and, you know, 2012 was one of those games as well as 2000, then no, that's not what my brand's about. <laughs> Anybody else, you can choose to do that if you'd like to. He's relieved. He doesn't have to spend his money <laughs> sponsoring the tournament because he wasn't going to do it. But that sort of thing could happen, couldn't it? It does. And, you know, it, it, happen, it happens a lot um, because there are there's a right place for something. For me, that, that is and, and you know some of the sports that we've talked about still do that um, but women's darts gets broadcast now on the BBC and if you want something as a positive then let's actually get more women's kind of darts on there and show how amazing um, those women are at them being able to play that game yeah you wouldn't go to Mel if you was wanting to put on uh, a, a glamorous event because that's not what she's known for so you went to this particular agency who I think she's going to struggle now I forget the name of it that's run by a lady and she makes a living out of providing people for these events it'd be very interesting to see if she's still trading in a year got a question for you Mel there's been a lot of trouble recently about North Korea South Korea yeah uh, Trump's been on about it that other chap over there and they, they've been having a go at each other I think it was just a few days ago that North Korea and South Korea combined in women's ice hockey. Uh, they lost 3-1, I think, against Sweden. One of the, but to, to, to see something like that, sport bringing countries so far apart, one country is threatening the other one to bomb it, and yet the women of both those countries combined in their national team, that must have moved you. Uh, it's it's amazing and one of the the people that I as I'm sure you know everyone in this room love is, is Nelson Mandela and you know one of his famous quotes is around sport has the power to unite um, and it does and it, it's fantastic in the way that, that it does it because if you talk about clubs for me rugby you know you get all different people that are kind of in there and fantastic let's not talk about Donald Trump you know I thought that they would be able to get away with that I mean that man is generally kind of you know barking and he's definitely not a female advocate is he <laughs> he's a barker never mind Peter Jones last word from you 
Yeah, I think it's great that uh, all these sports are attracting uh, women and they are competing at a very fine level. I, I, I applaud it. Yeah, and you? Well, it's not just sport, it's business, it's everything. I've never denigrated women. I don't quite get the, the subject. I don't think that glamorisation in actual fact uh, goes against what I was trying to do. The final word, uh, a thoroughly enjoyable programme, very interesting. Uh, uh, and Mel, thank you very much. We hope you've come on Mansfield 103.2 again. Remember, you can hear this, or if somebody's missed it and you think they should hear it, you can get it uh, on our website as well. The final word, it's a sort of a plea. It's from a long distance, although people I know listen to us from all over the country. Great Ormond Hospital, whatever happened at that President's Club, for goodness sake, don't kick yourself in the shins or the parents. Take the money. Good night.